Welcome to Born to be Breastfed with your host, Marie Biancuso. Our program aims to help you bust through the breastfeeding myths and ensure you and your baby enjoy the breastfeeding journey. Over the next hour, we'll help you figure out how to overcome the obstacles you might encounter and how to incorporate breastfeeding into your busy life. Now, here is your host, Marie Biancuso. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed, where every week we debunk the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding and beyond. Now, today we're going to do a little bit of beyond, and we're going to frame that in the context of breastfeeding. My guest today is my friend, Sandra Reich. Sandra, welcome to the show. Oh, I'm so happy to be here with you, yeah. Marie. <laughs> I would have Sandra on every week if I could. I have to tell the audience, I met Sandra because I invited her onto the show, but we became fast friends, uh, I would say, even just prior to the show. Is is that an accurate description, Sandra? Yeah, it's exactly accurate. I've been waiting to come back all this time. I love being <laughs> on your show, honestly. Well, I love being on your show, too. So let me tell everybody about you. Okay. Uh, Sandra Reich is the founder and the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression. She's the co-director of Empowered Women Workshops, co-director of Anxiety Videos, and founder of the Sandra Reich Couple Retreats. She is a best-selling author of the self-help book, Once Upon a Time, How Cinderella Grew Up and Became a Happy Empowered Woman. Sandra is the host of another hugely popular radio show called Straight Talk with Sandra Reich, and it's heard right here every week on The Voice America. So Sandra's expertise has been featured on many radio and television shows, including the Discovery Channel, Global TV, Breakfast Television, and get this, the Oprah Network. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Her work and lifetime passion is dedicated to help others have better relationships, combat anxiety, and learn to live their very best life. So, Sandra, I got to tell you that as we try to live our very best life, I want you to talk today a little bit about communication, criticism, and unsupport that happens at the holidays. I've written about this. I've talked about it. I usually try to mention it in my courses for professionals that there's kind of two things. First of all, everybody wants to tell every breastfeeding mother how to do it. And they're, you know, everybody's got an opinion and they're pushing it as fact. But somehow it seems to me like it gets worse with, with the holidays. So, well, how come it is that many people just are generally unsupportive to each other, especially during the holiday season? Isn't it supposed to be like all, you know, cheer and stuff? Well, yeah, it's supposed to be. That's certainly what they show us on the commercials, isn't it? Um, The problem is that we're, as humans, we're not at our best when we feel insecure. We're at our worst. And the more insecure we feel, the more we have a tendency to slip into some bad habits. And criticism is a bad habit. So during the holidays, since there's all this pressure on us to be happy, 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 it's all supposed to be great. And when we're feeling inside that it's not that great and we feel insecure, we sometimes slip into 
putting down other people or criticizing other people. It's a cheap shot to feel better about ourselves, but we all do it. It is a very human thing to do, and it's not really done consciously. I like to believe humans are good people, not bad people, but we tend to be unsupportive of others when we're unsupportive of ourselves. Ooh. Mm. Now, I got to tell you, Sandra, now I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, Asking myself, so do I do this at the dinner table? Do I do this? <laughs> you know, you're well, saying, yeah, we, we all have, have that pro- yeah, proclivity. We do, and we have to watch it. I mean, criticism and teaching people the error of their ways is not an act of kindness. We sometimes justify it as we say, well, we're just telling this person for their own good. Believe me, I'm a therapist, so my, you know, there's a great temptation for me to want to help people. But if people are not soliciting help, it is actually very rude and very inappropriate. So what I do during the day and get paid for at the dinner table is rude. So imagine that. It's quite tricky. But we have to be honest that when people are not soliciting advice, we're not actually supposed to be giving advice. Yeah, you know, I was in that pickle kind of just a a few weeks ago with a family member who is breastfeeding, and she didn't necessarily do everything the way that I thought was <laughs> right, right, right. You, you know what I'm saying. I do. I, but I really had to shut up. Yeah. Uh, because honestly, I'm at the dinner table just being family. Right. But that's such a, that's such a beautiful thing you did. I mean, how did you feel after you did that? Um, actually, Sandra, I felt like it was a monumental character flaw that I had overcome, you yeah. know? <laughs> well, you, you, did, you did something very kind, and not only towards her, but towards yourself, too, because when you're trying to help someone who necess- doesn't necessarily want the advice, first of all, they, it can be very rude towards them, but it also, you're expending energy on someone who may not be wanting your advice, so you oh. did a really good thing for yourself as well, and, you know, you went into the role of, of a family member. That's very loving, very cool. I like it. You know, years ago, I had a hairdresser say to me how much it bothered her to go to the theater. I said, Rosemary, I don't understand. What What are you saying? And she said, oh, because I get some behind somebody that has a really bad haircut, and I just can't not see that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a job and, hazard. That's true. You know, I realize that as a nurse, I never turn off my nurse brain and my right. nurse uh, assessments, if you will. Yeah. But I think that this happens with breastfeeding moms because, let's face it, most times when you're interacting with family, those family members have had kids of their own and they consider themselves the expert on breastfeeding, feeding, child rearing, child discipline, food, whatever it is. And so... You know, I guess it just seems to me like that really escalates at the holidays. Do you think that having other family members there helps to escalate that, Sandra? Oh, definitely. And I think that there's a contagion effect is, you know, it's almost like once somebody crosses that boundary and starts criticizing, it almost becomes like that's normal. So we're all going to jump on the bandwagon. So I think it does. And I think that that's not a healthy way to go. And it's definitely not going to lead to a beautiful dinner. That's for sure. Yeah, so it kind of snowballs. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so Sandra, I know that you talk about crab mentality. Mm. What is crab mentality? Well, this is a very important thing I wanted to talk about for sure, because crab mentality is 
well, let's start with the crabs. If you put okay. crabs in a jar and one crab tries to get out of the jar, the other crabs will pull the crab back into the jar. Now, here's really? the thing where, yes. And we use this term in psychology because the thing is unconsciously, when people around us want to live their best lives and start to make decisions towards living a better life, we sometimes do the same thing as the crabs. We pull someone back. We say, oh, that's not going to work out. That's a bad idea. Why are you thinking of that? Well, you know, why can't you just let sleeping dogs lie? Why are you pushing the boundaries? Right. And that's crab mentality. And it's not healthy. So what we're unconsciously doing is we're saying, look, I'm pretty miserable, so you have to stay miserable with me. You cannot get out of the jar. And we have to be careful when we're doing that, and it can be a great learning for us. So if we hear if somebody decides they want to change something about their life, and the first thing we want to say about that is something negative, we got to be curious about what's going on in our own lives because the healthy thing to say would be like, oh, that sounds interesting. Tell me more. If we're saying, oh, that's not going to work, we're in crab mentality. We are pulling that crab back into the jar and saying, "You need to, we're in here, we're stuck in here, and you need to stay stuck in here as well. That's not a good thing. You know, Sandra, I'm thinking to myself, uh, I, I feel like we need a video playing here with the crabs trying to pull each other back into the jar because I have seen this time after time in my own family, but I have seen it in college, I have seen it in the hospital. It's like somebody doesn't want somebody else to get ahead. Exactly. That's just so dumb. That is so dumb. Wow. Yeah, it's really, it's, it's, Again, it's, I, I'd like to believe, and we do believe it's an unconscious process. That's why they call it crab mentality. Sometimes it makes us uneasy when somebody wants to make a change in their life because perhaps we'd like to too, but we're scared. So it right. makes people very uneasy. It's not that we're horrible. We're just, we're nervous. We're nervous. We're nervous. Did we make the right decisions in life? You know, so other, and breastfeeding is a great example of this, by the way, because breastfeeding is one of those topics that women have strong opinions about. So, and we, we doubt ourselves. Did we make the right decision? Did we not make the right decision parenting in general? So that's the one where people are going to tend to say things that can be quite critical because we're uneasy. You know, Sandra, that makes a lot of sense to me. I'm thinking of years ago, I was at a friend's home and I think, yeah, it was, it was her first baby. And she was maybe 29 or 30 at the time, very well-educated, very confident, very together kind of woman. But her mother-in-law was there, and I swear, about every 20 minutes, the mother-in-law was saying, that baby is hungry. You need to feed that baby. She's still hungry. She needs a bottle. Why would you want to breastfeed anyway? Can't you see you're starving her? And I thought my friend did just a remarkable job of just ignoring it. And all I could think of was I was ready to, like, jump out and strangle the mother-in-law. And it wasn't even my baby or my breastfeeding experience. Right. So I I guess it kind of goes to this. You're saying that when somebody has some sort of... uh, they're they're vested in this. I, I suspect, by the way, that the mother-in-law never fed her own kids. I suspect right. that that was probably it. But you're saying that if somehow this is emotionally charged, then they do have these strong reactions to it. So their way to deal with it is to be critical. 
Yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's really an interesting part of psychology is that a lot of what we put out on other people is really a lot of what we feel about ourselves. So bring oh, me someone, bring me someone very judgmental, and I'll who's I'll I'll show you somebody who's judging themselves very harshly. So mm-hmm. that's the way it works. So if we're not if we're feeling uneasy or not comfortable in our skin, then there's going to be a very big temptation to make other people feel uneasy and not comfortable in their skin. So that's a dance. So we have to be careful not to get caught in that dance and to not take the bait because part of the bait is that Ah, take the bait i love it right right so if i say something to you and it makes you uncomfortable and it works i've just thrown you a hot potato and you caught it so your job is to not catch the hot potato when somebody's saying like oh you should be doing this this and this and you can just you know smile sweetly and say (laughs) you know thanks for sharing and (laughs) change the topic change the topic Yeah. yeah Uh, I, I love the part about uh, take the bait because I just said that to my sister in a different context a while ago. I wasn't breastfeeding, but uh, you know, I, I could tell that something was going to happen. I said to her, don't take the bait. You know this is going right. to come. You know it's coming. Just don't take the bait. Don't inflate the situation. So Sandra, I have heard this from friends and I've sort of seen it. I want to know if there's any science to this. And as a professional, you will know, I'm sure. I have heard that people want to either really emulate their mother or they really want to be different than their mother. Do you think there's any truth to that? Oh, yeah. There's definitely a lot of science on that. I mean, come on. Our our role models are our parents. So it starts off, they're our gods. So then what happens for a lot of people is, yeah, you want to be just like them or you're angry and you want to do the opposite of them, which is actually ironically going to create the exact same thing. So actually, when we get to a healthy part of growing up, part of it is sort of looking at what was good about our parents and looking at what was not so good, being able to acknowledge that and take what's good and get rid of what's bad and develop your own so to speak, culture in your own family. But we have to be able to see our parents as, as human beings, not gods, to do that. And that's also a very important part of your, your psychological process. A lot of people want to keep that God image of their parents, and that actually will hurt you. Sandra, talk to us more. This is interesting. Because <laughs> uh, I'm thinking about a guy that I know that both of his parents were alcoholics. Right. And he has, I think, maybe never taken an alcoholic drink ever in his life because he was just so nutty about it. So uh, tell us more about this, this, like, you're telling me that people have their parents on a pedestal so they got to get them off the pedestal tell us about this well i just think it can go to the other extreme so imagine if you had very strict parents for example so you decide that what you're going to do is you're going to rebel against them you'll get tattoos all over your body and do the exact opposite of your parents in psychology we would say that you're still very connected to your parents by doing that because they're still oh. running the show you're not running the show they're <laughs> okay. running the show so okay. you know so I mean, I think it's great that that guy is not drinking alcohol if his parents were alcoholics, but we also want him to get a sense of, um, you know, has he worked through his feelings about his parents being alcoholics or otherwise it's just, we're just trying to control against the situation. We want to bring what, you know, this reminds me of our last show. We want to bring what's fearful close to us always. So we want to bring in the good, the bad and the ugly of our parents, because you know what our parents, you know, they're doing the best they can. And that doesn't mean they didn't do things wrong, but we have to take them off the pedestal 
no doubt about it, so that we can try to learn what we want to change. Otherwise, we're going to get into trouble and we won't be able to live up to it anyways because they can't live up to it either. No one's God. No one's God. No. Right, right. Except for God. And you know... I'm so thinking about this, Sandra, because nowadays most women who are are breastfeeding their babies came from mothers who did not breastfeed their babies. Right, right, right. And so there's that whole thing. And, of course, often I'm kind of caught in the middle, which is another another whole story. But uh, I can really see where you're coming from. And I see I, I love what you just said about how. Yeah, well, then they are still running your life. Yeah. And that is not healthy either. So, hey, yeah. everybody, do not go away. Lucky me. I have Sandra Lucky Reese. Me. I have Sandra Reese for my guest today. I'm Marie Biancuso. We'll both be right back after this short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. 
To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm here today with Montreal's top therapist, Sandra Reich. Uh, Sandra, I, I, well, it's just true, Sandra. It's just true. Uh, now, now, listen, I want to talk about boundaries and I want to talk about consequences because I'm a big believer that we have to have boundaries and consequences in order to be living our best life, as you would say. And I don't think it matters whether it's us or our kids or our parents or, 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 or our students or whatever it is. We've got to have boundaries and consequences. So here's what I see. I see that especially uh, breastfeeding mothers somehow get this kind of criticism, unwanted advice, and all that other stuff that we were talking about in the first segment. And so I want to know how do you help this new mom who, by the way, often doesn't have a whole lot of confidence in herself? She's just finding her mothering role. She's just got this new breastfeeding experience, this new baby, the whole bit. Where do boundaries and consequences fit into dealing with all this unsupportive junk she's dealing with? Well, they're key. Uh, let's start with that. I mean, okay. at this point in my career, I would say I can safely say that almost every problem that comes my way, the solution indirectly or directly has to do with boundaries and consequences. It's wow. unbelievable. Really, wow. really. And it's something we really don't learn enough about growing up. Most of us didn't learn a lot about that. You know, people always ask me, well, what's a good boundary? What's a good consequence? I spend a lot of time teaching that to people. I certainly didn't learn it. And new mothers really, I don't know what it is, but we all sort of feel when we see a new mother that every other mother can give their opinion so if that new mother doesn't have a boundary and you know a limit a line where they draw where they say enough basically then they're they're just going to be subject to a lot a lot of stuff and the problem is that people unconsciously know when somebody doesn't have a, a boundary mm. and we are as humans naturally boundary violators people always get shocked when I say this but think about it when you see that stop sign you know you have to do that full stop and most of us don't until we get a ticket and guess what after we get the ticket for a while we're good we do the full stop and then we start all over again well that's how human nature is is that mm. if you can push the boundary we do so new mothers you know, listen, there's many, many discussions on the right way of parenting. There's many discussions on many things in life. What I recommend is you stand behind your decision, whatever your decision is. And so it's not uh, open for a big debate. So if I decide this is how I want to live my life and people say, well, you know, Sandra, there's a better way of living your life. Okay. You know, again, thanks for sharing, but I'm good with my decision. <laughs> I'm good with that. And I'm, I'm, you know, again, changing the subject and that's the boundary. And if the boundary isn't respected, it's no longer about my parenting style. It's now about respect. And a big line that I say, and I really stand by it is respect is not negotiable, which means if Ooh. someone's not respecting that, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Well, that's not okay because disrespect is not okay. Respect is not negotiable. So you got to stand behind your decision Put the boundary down, and if someone still doesn't respect you, well, then there's going to be a consequence. Ooh. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, it does. But, Sandra, I'm thinking, here I am, 
My breasts are over full. I've got criticism because I just left the dinner table and I went into the bedroom. But if I had breastfed out in the the family room or the kitchen, I would have gotten criticism. And oh, by the way, I've got a fussy baby, blah, 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 blah. You know, how am I going to stick by my decision when I already feel kind of trapped and like there's nothing I can do to be right? Don't you think that all those self-doubts kind of creep in? I just heard the story from this mother not very long ago where pretty much she said the, the woman whose house it was, no problem. She said, oh, just go and just nurse the baby on my bed. It's no big deal. Just sure, sure. Okay. But the family made a big deal of it because she had left the table. But you see where I'm going. It, it's, it's hard to have confidence in yourself and to create that boundary and to stand by that decision. When Don't you think that things creep into your head like, you know, I'm really not sure I should be doing this anymore anyway. Don't you think? Oh, I do. I no, I totally do. I think that um, first of all, the situation you just talked about is like a no-win situation. Right, right. That's what I. Um, I think that you know, having done this for years myself, and I'm I'm quite good at boundaries and consequences. There's still doubt that goes in my head when people shake you up. Of course, you're going to have doubt. I think that's completely normal, and I'm glad you're bringing that up because we need to normalize that. So it's perfectly okay to doubt yourself. But we're talking now about the dance, right? The dance between you and the other person. So in your head, you're like, I don't know, maybe I didn't handle that right. But I'm asking you that even if you're not sure and you want to relook at your decision, in terms of the discussion with that person, you want to stand behind your decision. You can always relook at it. Because the problem is if you then start to show that other person that you're doubting yourself, it, it starts some weird dynamic that starts to happen. The person goes, oh, okay, I can just, it's unconscious, but I can just like shake them up on anything. anything. And, and the problem is that no one really can say that they have, can be an expert on your child, but you really, when you mm. think, you take good oh, advice. I love it. And yes. And no one can really be an expert on your life, but you, even as a therapist, I say to my clients all the time, you're the expert on your life. I, I can give some advice, but at the end of the day, it's their life. So if you're feeling insecure, I would say, okay, so you, you self-soothe in your head. You go, okay, I don't know. Maybe I need to think about this. But in terms of in front of the other person, you go, well, this is what I've decided at this time. Um, you know, I, I appreciate your opinion. Um, and by the way, what do you think of the turkey tonight? <laughs> Move it along. Move it along, the discussion. All right. So what about conflict? Because I'm thinking, for instance, this kind of a comment. You're still breastfeeding Sammy? That baby is two and a half years old. If he's old enough to ask for it, he's too old to have it. Can you see conflict here? Uh, To me, that's a little bit more than criticism. Uh, well, that's judgment. That's judgment. Right. Okay, so so talk to us about conflict. What if conflict arises? Okay, well, I'll address both of them, actually. Okay. I'll say with the first example you gave, judgment. First of all, I want your listeners to remember that judgment is negatively correlated with happiness, meaning the more judgmental the ah. person is, the less happy they are. So. Ah. Uh, that would that would totally annoy me, but that's still one you could walk away from. And um, but there, right away, you'd put a boundary. The conflict would come if the boundary is not respected, right? That's when the conflict comes. Is that you say like you know thank you know like 
whatever you want to say and the person just doesn't respect whatever your boundary is and then a conflict comes out of it or you guys are like you you start to get into a dance with them and you start to disagree well i read a research study well i oh, read right. a research study oh, right, right. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. there's really like we we really had to look at conflict because there really are rules of engagement and conflict is not in itself a bad thing as a matter of fact sometimes when there's no conflict that's worse it's mm-hmm. knowing how to do a successful conflict because maybe the conflict would be like you know i appreciate that you I, i'm sure your heart is in the right place and you're looking out for my best interests and i do appreciate that but i have asked you a number of times to not bring up the subject tonight and i feel like you're not respecting that could i ask you again to please respect that so that's an example of having the first part anyways of a conflict where you're still talking and you want to stay in a position of respect and asking the person to respect your wishes as well. And this is, again, why conflict is not a disaster as long as we have rules of operation. So, Sandra, does this sort of translate to, in my head, I'm thinking, this is not up for discussion. This is not up for debate here. Is that what I'm thinking? Yeah, I'm thinking that you, you know, the funny thing is that you don't even have to think your stomach gives you a symptom because you feel, <laughs> you know, a boundary has been crossed when you get that punch in the stomach feeling that's yep. your body's guidance system. And it's telling you for people listening who say, I don't know what my boundaries are because people say that all the time to me. That's how, you know, is when you get that feeling like you're, you feel angry and your stomach hurts. That means something's being crossed. That's your body alerting you. And yes, then your brain kicks in and says, I uh, yeah, no, we're not going there. So then you want to, again, not be <laughs> reactive because the temptation would be to reactive and say, who the heck do you think you are to say that to me? That's not a good conflict. That's not the way we want to go. Sandra, I'm feeling a little confused here because I'm wondering what is the difference between just sort of thanking them, but letting them know that they have, you know, crossed that boundary. What's the difference between that and just plain avoiding conflict are they the same or are they different they're very different actually because in the first example it's really healthy because you're advocating for yourself and you're saying you know like I appreciate it but I don't want to talk about this so you're actually being very respectful of yourself you're saying to yourself, you, we have to have a relationship with your, ourselves. And you're saying, right. I'm saying to myself, I'm important enough to let you know, let Marie know that I don't want to talk about this. I'm not okay with this. Whereas avoiding the conflict, I kind of sell my soul because ah. I'm not letting you know that this bothers me. I'm smiling at you and pretending everything's fine. And that's when a lot of the bad stuff starts to happen at the holidays because I'm bitter because you, I feel you threw me, you threw a dig at me and I didn't defend myself. And that's a little bit where martyrdom comes in and all sorts of other problems. So avoiding conflict, not so good. Standing behind a boundary, very good. Healthier too for your body, by the way. Okay, Sandra, I, I I really feel like this is a huge learning experience for me because, you know, usually my way to deal with that kind of junk is to either blow up and go nuts or <laughs> to, to just shut up yeah. and, and take it. Yeah. And you're saying, no, meet it head on in a respectful but it, firm way. 
Yeah, it has to be respectful. I do. I will say that you have to choose your battles. You know, it's not every sure. discussion that you're going to do that. But I think that you just exp- you just represented most of us in the population as we either, <laughs> you know, we're either going to swallow it or we're going to blow up because eventually you will blow up. And yeah. I'm putting on the table that, yeah, once you have the skill set, and it really is a skill set to learn, there's language that goes with this and okay. there's strategies to be able to say, I'm not comfortable with what you're saying to me and I'd appreciate if you stop saying it to me or whatever. It depends on the example. But yeah, that would be perfect for you because the problem is when you keep it inside, like you said, you're eventually going to blow up first of all. And so you have to think that negative energy is getting trapped in your body. And we know through research that that's not good for us. I don't want that stuck in my body. So I'm going to smile at you and I'm going to be very respectful, but I'm also going to have a look on my face that says, I mean business here and this is a boundary (laughs) well you know this is such a silly example but it's so true just a bit ago my sister came to my house and I have this one door that it's just kind of a funny door between the foyer and the uh, sun porch okay and it, it, it never really shuts quite right it's either too fast or too slow or too this or too that and she's there squawking about this door and I say yeah I know well uh, I had the handyman look at it, and he adjusted it multiple times, and we never can quite get it right. And she's still squawking about it. I say, yeah, and you know what? Hubby looked at it, and he agrees that this door is just quirky. It, but you know what? It really doesn't bother me, so I don't really worry about it too much. And lo and behold, a third time, she's still squawking about this door. And I finally looked at her, and I said, look. This is my house, and this doesn't bother me. And if it doesn't bother me, it shouldn't bother you. So (laughs) (laughs) I guess I just really felt like I needed to say, this is not up for discussion. Thank you very much. And by the way, obviously, I did not have the language to go with this, as you just pointed out. But, But talk to us a little bit more about carrying around this negative junk. How does this lead to anxiety? I mean, it does, right? Okay, I, I missed one. Uh, it's something uh, you phased out there, but I think you were asking how does carrying that negative junk affect us physically? Is that what the question was? Uh, possibly, yes. Uh, how does it affect us in any way, Sandra? Well, physically affects, or otherwise? Well, it affects us enormously because that, that's when we're at the end of the night, we're saying to our partners or to our friends, can you believe she said that to me? I can't believe she said that to me. <laughs> and it's, we replay it. And replay it. And, you know, it does lead to a little bit of victimization, which we don't like. There's ends up being a victim where there's a victim, there's a perpetrator. I don't want that. It's not a healthy place to be. There's negative energy stuck in my body. Negative energy is linked with disease. I don't want that. So, um, you know, I want to be able to learn the language to be able to say to somebody that, you know, again, I love my family and I love a lot of people. And that's love is dandy, but it's got to be that you know, I love you, but there's certain lines you can't cross. And that's really, really a necessary ingredient to have healthy relationships altogether. That's why I told you boundaries and consequences come up with every problem that I see, because most people don't have the language. And I understand that I certainly didn't. I never even heard of a boundary or a consequence when I was growing up. I I only heard about love. I heard nothing about respect. And it's been one of the biggest lessons of my life that relationships um, that don't have respect cannot survive no matter how much love there is. So you need respect. So the door example is a great example because it was just getting on your last nerve. And so you had to speak up, no doubt about that. 
it was just such a silly thing. You know, it wasn't loaded like breastfeeding or parenting. <laughs> it was just a dumb door. But it's but, not. It's not about the door at that point. Right. It's about. It's about the fact that you've had enough. Right. And I think it really comes, as I was just hearing you talk just now, I was thinking it is really about boundaries and consequences, which is why this is my house. Hello, this is my boundary. You're you're poking your nose inside of my boundary. No, thank you. Not going to happen. And so it just makes so much sense. Hey, everybody, do not go away. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm here today with a therapist and I think my good friend, Sarah uh, Sarah Garish, we will be right back after this short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894 and ask for your bulk discount. Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. 
Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm here today with top therapist in Montreal, Sandra Reich. Uh, Sandra, you've done a really good job of talking to us about boundaries, consequences, and all that goes with it, negative energy. I thought it was interesting, too, that you talked about how negative energy has been linked to physical diseases. Um, I want to go back to what I said a few minutes ago, which is even when I do have the wherewithal to realize I've got to talk to the person about the boundary, even if it's about the stupid door, I don't always have the right words And I feel like I and probably all of our however many thousand listeners in 65 different countries need to hear, do you have some tips and strategies to help us deal with difficult conversations, either with the words we use or our body language or anything else you want to throw in there? Help us, like, give us some real down and dirty tips and strategies that we can use with having these difficult conversations. Okay, sure. I, I think, first of all, I mean, take a breath. That's, that's you know, you definitely want to calm yourself. Uh, reactivity is not going to get you what you want. So if you're feeling very reactive, you, you know, breathing strategies can be really helpful. Take a break, go to the bathroom, come back before you start this conversation of, you know, asking for your boundary to be respected. I think being polite and respectful is key. I mean, we're wanting people to respect us, so we have to be respectful. And that's not easy to do when someone's offended us. But it is a skill that can be developed, and there's lots of ways to improve that muscle in your body. It's it's really a big piece of what's called emotional intelligence, which mm. is something that can be really learned and really practiced and make a huge difference. We want to teach that to our kids as well. Uh, Another tip I would throw out right off the bat is a lot of times these conversations, I see people doing it by email and text. I really do not recommend that. I think Uh, there's a lot that can get lost in the conversation. I do recommend having a face-to-face conversation, um, you know, and just Using words like I, not you, you know, you said, you said that about my door instead of it being about what she said, make it about yourself. Like, you know, I love my home. And uh, I guess when you're, when, when I hear you talking about the door, I feel a bit bad. So if you don't mind, can we not talk about the door? You know, (laughs) we want to get into using I statements more than you statements. And we want to really stay with the behavior and not attacking the person. These are some tips that right away people can put into practice. It's yeah. quite amazing how fast we can train someone to have good conflicts. And good conflicts are very good for relationships because out of a good conflict becomes a better relationship. And a closer relationship is not a sign of a great relationship to never have conflicts, by the way. Sure. Sure. You know, Sandra, uh, I'm interested that you say it's fairly easy to teach people that sort of language. I was probably, oh, gee, I don't know, maybe in my late 20s or so that somebody taught me, and it was not a therapist. I'm not quite sure where I picked it up, maybe in the hospital somewhere, which was I this, I that, rather, so, so, uh, you're taking responsibility really for your own thoughts, feelings, actions, whatever. And another was the little formula. And you started to say this a minute ago, when you blank, I feel blank. Yeah. 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 Exactly. uh, But interestingly, when you were saying that I was 
kind of asking myself, so do I really do this? And, you know, I think I do it better with strangers than with my family. When it's my family, I sort of feel like, yeah, I can just spit out what I want to spit out. But you, but, but that's really not good. Well, it depends because you are pretty, I think I'm listening to you and you are pretty good at this. So I don't think you're in trouble here. <laughs> All right. you, you seem to have a good skill on it. And I, you know, you also do one of the best strategies of all you use humor and humor can be really, really effective. Also, mm-hmm. you know, you, we don't have to come down so hard on people. We just need to let people know, as I said, that we mean business. So there, there's all sorts of skills that people can practice. And again, these are all aspects of emotional intelligence and emotional intelligence is a predictor of life success and life happiness. So we just got to get people learning the skills and we'd see, we'd really see the world change really because it's their skill sets that people would benefit so much from. You're telling me, Sandra, all of this stuff can be learned. Oh, definitely. Uh, Absolutely. We're, we're not, not stuck. Well, we're not stuck with, with, with where we are. We are definitely not stuck with where we are. And I think that that's one of the best news in psychology that we have in the last little while is that uh, we are not hard, hardwired. Our brains are not hardwired. So that means the 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 um, life is yours for the taking. You can do whatever you want. So you can really evolve your relationships. You can evolve this holiday season. You can change the way conflicts go on. You can teach people, as they say, how to treat you knowing how far they can go with you. I certainly want people to be comfortable with me and enjoy my company and have fun with me, but I also want them to know that there's a line they cannot cross. Um, That's very important to have in your relationships. And that's something that, yes, if people truly want to learn, it can be taught. Now, it is going to make people sometimes a bit uncomfortable if you were taught by your parents never to have a conflict. And now you're going to learn that you have to speak up for yourself. It will at first make you uncomfortable. But I'm telling you, the rewards are so great that most people, when they start learning it, just are like, wow, my everything starts to change. And here's another funny tidbit is people like you better, actually. When you have good boundaries, your kids will like you better. Your husband will like you better. Your wife will like you better. Your cousins, your sister, they'll all like you better. These people know where they stand with somebody with boundaries. That's true. I think that is. Well, I learned that the first year that I taught uh, nursing students at the university, they were real clear about what they could do, what they could not do, what they could say, blah, 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 because I had very, very clear boundaries. And not all of them liked me, but they all do. Well, you know, Dave's cousin had uh, a saying, he says, they will probe for weakness. And I think that's kind of what you were saying at the beginning of the show is that people will yeah, poke and poke and poke and poke at those boundaries. Uh, so let's talk about those decisions, because back up to first or second uh, segment where we talked about, you know, this is my baby, breastfeeding is my decision, this is my parenting decision, blah, blah, blah. And it might be with the family, it might be with the healthcare provider where the mother has decided something, but then things get a little shaky. What does it really mean to stand by your decisions and not try to convince others? Why is this? Talk to us about this. Well, it really comes down to the guilty people defend themselves. When you think about it, think of a court of law. 
guilty oh, yeah, people yeah. For themselves. So the thing is, if if I decide to do something, you know, raise my kids this way, whatever, breastfeed, not breastfeed, uh, whatever decision it is, if I find myself explaining it to you, then I'm my position's weakening right away because guilty people defend themselves. So again, standing behind your decision is saying, I understand you may not agree with my decision but that's my decision um and with a certain look even if you inside you're a little bit faking it inside you're doubting yourself that's okay that's normal but a little bit of a look on your face that says i'm good with myself i mean that's where we you know fake it till you make it that that's where we want to get to anyways i mean all we can do is make the best decisions we can for our lives that's all we ever can do so um you're right people poke and they try to make you feel insecure and they're trying to see if it will work and the message you want to send back to the people is no it's not going to work i'm okay with me and you know you play in your uh, sandbox and i'll play in mine i'm good in mine (laughs) maybe you need to go back to yours right (laughs) right 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 yeah Sandra, what about judgment what does judgment say about others? I think we've talked a little bit about this, but could you expound, expound on that, please? Yeah, judgment. The more miserable you are, the more you judge. Humans judge. We all judge. You judge. I judge. That's okay. But the more unhappy you are in your life, the more you judge. So if you catch yourself spending the day judging, it means that things are not going that well. And you have to be careful. It's a very addictive habit. If you're getting together, if women, if we're getting together with other women and complaining about our husbands and complaining about about our children, it's just going to bring more of that negativity in your life. So you want to also be careful. Are you hanging around with very judgmental people? It feels good at first, but you're not going to feel better in the long run. Again, judgment is negatively correlated with happiness. The more you judge, the less happy you are. So you want to break the habit. You want to start to actually defend people. And in your own mind, you you feel the judgment come up. You're like, I I can't believe she's doing this and this and that. See if you can defend that person and have some compassion. Compassion is the opposite of judgment. And if you can have compassion for others, you can have compassion for you. And if you can have compassion for you, man, your life is going to get a lot better. Sandra, are, are you saying that this judgment stuff is contagious? Oh, I am. It's very contagious. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's where we see people getting together with other people and just Mm -hmm. sitting there judging a whole bunch of people. Like, like certainly breastfeeding mothers judging non-breastfeeding and non-breastfeeding judging breastfeeding. Absolutely. And I think it is contagious and it's very toxic with a capital T. It is not going to help you in life. And at the end of the day, I'm all about doing things that are going to make me have a better life. And if judgment's going to hurt me, I don't want to do that. Wow. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to be happy. It's well, selfish. It's really selfish. It's not being holier than thou. I mean, I think all humans have these dark qualities, and I certainly do too. It's just I want to be able to sleep at night and li- live a good life, so I train myself not to do these kinds of things. It's as simple as that. It's a training. Nothing more. Nothing less. Yeah, you know, it's funny because we just did a show <clears throat> on cue-based feeding for uh, preterm infants. And as you might imagine, it's sometimes kind of subtle. But right. uh, uh, one of the things that I tried to say in an accompanying blog is you can observe this stuff if you're just focused on it. It's not all that difficult but you've got to think about it. You've got to consciously make the decision to watch your child for those little subtle cues. And so you're saying the same thing really about us as adults and watching ourselves, that we've got to be focused on what we're saying or doing or reacting or whatever, 
Because otherwise, yeah. at, at the end of the day, am I reading this right, Sandra? At the end of the day, we have not necessarily had the life that we would like to have or been in a good space, if you will, because we didn't pay attention to those little subtle or maybe not so subtle things that we could have changed. Is that true? It's 100%. You said it so well. It is basically, what's the story you tell yourself about yourself? Uh, What's the story? You decide. Sandra, I cannot tell you how. By the way, audience, for those of you who are wondering, I have never met Sandra. I've, <laughs> I have only had multiple conversations with her via phone, Skype, and so forth. But Sandra, I have repeated this information so many times. It is amazing because, as you know, I teach a comprehensive lactation course. Uh, by the way, I'm teaching one uh, in February. Uh, that's, I think, my next one. Uh, there are more after that. And and I teach a review course. And people are always all worked up about whether or not they're going to pass the exam, pass the exam, fail the exam, fail the exam. And I say, it's all about the story in your head. Oh, yeah. And Sandra, you said that to me a couple of years ago, and it rang such a big bell with me, which is everything. And I think you said this. It, it's all about everything. It's all about the story in your head. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I, I I am just so amazed at that. So, Sandra, I understand that you have a DVD uh, or maybe it's a digital download program to help people learn about, guess what, boundaries, consequences, emotional intelligence, and conflict resolution, all the kind of stuff we've been talking about today. So can you tell us a little bit about this program and how could people learn more? Because I got to tell you, as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking, geez, we all need this, don't we? Yeah, I mean, that's really why we came up with the program, because, uh, again, these are skills that most of us didn't grow up with, So, uh, but they're very straightforward, and they're just things that you need to learn. So we put it on a DVD. We sell it actually online as a digital download, so people in the comfort of their homes can download the program and start. There's two therapists, myself and another therapist on there, teaching you every step of the way. What is it to have boundaries and consequences? What is it to have a healthy conflict? And what is this emotional intelligence all about. And those are things that can really take your life to another level. I mean, we have DVDs or digital downloads on every topic from anxiety, depression, sleep. Those are just some of the ones I mentioned and parenting in particular. They're very, very popular. So if people go to anxiety-videos.com or master-videos.com, they can see all the programs we have, and we have a really huge special right now with the holiday season coming up. So, I mean, you know, I, I, I think give the gift of investing in yourself and helping people to have better relationships. I personally can't think of a better way to spend the holidays to have better relationships with people in my life. And that's really how I learned it is I wanted to have better relations. So we, we present the strategies that people can do to really learn these things, like the things we've just been talking about. Sure. Sandra, I was writing as fast as my fingers would fly, but you got to repeat those two websites, please. Sure, sure. It's anxiety-videos.com, master-videos.com. Sorry, not master-videos, sorry, master-life.com. They both have the uh, digital downloads on them. And to find out anything we talked about, you go to helpforanxietydepression.com, which is my website. It has all that information and much more. You can also call us at 514-777-4530 if any of those things got lost in translation. 
And also, if you want to attend one of Sandra's retreats, uh, there is more information, I suspect, there as well. And you know, Sandra, I would go to like one of those retreats that just sounds like a, it, it sounds like they're a life-changing event, and I know that for some people they are. But guess what, everybody? We have got to go. And before we do, I would just like to thank uh, Sandra Reich, who is also host of Straight Talk with Sandra Reich right here on the Voice America uh, uh, Health uh, you're not on health and wellness, are you? Health and wellness. I am. I am, wellness I am. And, yeah, I couldn't remember which channel you were on. So if if you need more Sandra, and I think we all need more Sandra, you can hear Sandra every, every single week, and you can hear me every single week. But anyway, Sandra, uh, thank you so much. Thank you for uh, being on the show. Thank you. You're an extraordinary woman, Marie. Thank you so uh, much for having me. You're an inspiration to so many. Uh, well, hugs to you. Thank you so much. And by the way, for anyone who does enjoy this show, please go to iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts and please give a rating. Spread the love. Let everybody else know what you're listening to that has made a difference in your life. And I got to go away for now, as does Sandra. If you've got more uh, uh, questions for us, you can send me questions at podcast at um, com, And in the meanwhile, just remember, your baby was born to be breastfed. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Born to be Breastfed. Please join Marie Biancuso next Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, do its best for you and your baby. 